Shapeshifters. Zion Shapeshifters worked for just one company all his life, but he's worked for that company all over the world. His name is Neil Hill, and he is the boss of Ford in Africa. From Durban, where he went to Westville Boys High School and then to UKZN, he studied psychology, business management, a marketing degree, and legal studies, none of which, Neil Hill, points you to a career in global leadership and one of the biggest car makers. How on earth did you climb the ranks of what must be a massively competitive global and, and, and global job and lots of people vying for the positions that you've held over the years. Yeah, good evening, Bruce, and thank you very much, and uh, great to be with you. And and, and it's been a, a very interesting 31 career with Ford Motor Company, and um, I think when I started off as a graduate trainee in the marketing and sales arena, uh, working for the company back in 1991, um, I must be honest, didn't think that it would end up um, on the journey that I have, but it's been an incredible um, experience. And I think it goes back to the fact that um, the automotive industry cars were always a passion for me as a, a youngster growing up. And um, I think I was very fortunate to end up in a situation where what was a passion for me actually became a career. Um, and then just continue to work with Ford and be given new challenges and new opportunities and stretched and taken in so many different directions in such a diverse and dynamic company. It's, it's been an incredible journey, I must say. Does the graduate trainee program still exist? Because, I mean, so many companies, certainly historically, have really grown some great talent. And not all the talent always stays within the company, but certainly um, it, it uh, turns out to be very useful for the business ecosystem to get people who are trained from the ground up. Bruce, it's something that we're very passionate about, and, and we've got multiple you know, sort of work streams that happen when we're looking at growing and nurturing talent within you know, the South African industry um, to play a role for the business going forward. So we do still run grad trainee programs. We also um, have very extensive bursary programs, both for employees and for exter external employees. And we're continuously looking at ways that we can nurture and develop um, people within the company and give them the skills, the soft skills that are required to become a leader in an organization. And I think one of the things that we're very proud of is the fact that we have people who have very long histories working for the company. And, you know, we do have a very strong family feeling, but it's something that we never take for granted. You've got to keep working at it. And the leadership team and myself are very committed at looking at our culture and how we can continue to you know, build a diverse and inclusive um, culture in South Africa that takes on the nuances. And a lot of that is about people that we nurture and grow from within the company and promote and, and look to give them the same opportunities. So it's, it's a very exciting uh, process to, to follow and mentoring people, coaching them, helping them is, is part of what we do. It's it's still very much a family company. Yes, it's a public company. Yes, it has public money in it. But you know, Henry Ford's grandson is still the chairman. For goodness' sake, it, it's you know it's still very much um, connected to the founding family. Very much so. So you know, Henry, uh, well, Bill Ford, or um, you know, is the is the chairman of Ford Motor Company. Um, Elena Ford is also the great granddaughter of Henry Ford. Um, works every single day in our consumer experience division. And her passion is about how do we connect better with our customers, treat them like family. Um, and we continue to look at ways. So the family, the, the Ford family are still very, very much involved in it. And I think that, you know, we pride ourselves on the fact that Ford Motor Company is 
one of the only, if not the only automotive company in the world that still has our founder's name on the on every single vehicle we make. Yeah, and I mean, when you, have, you, you joined Ford in South Africa and over 31 years, you have traversed the world. You've run operations in Australia, Thailand. I think you spent some time in the United States. What got you back to South Africa? What did, did they sort of put? Is there an internal Ford newsletter that says uh, we need somebody to run Ford in Africa? And you thought, oh, good, I can finally put my feet down and actually get some roots again. Oh, Bruce, it's it, it's a it's a really interesting journey, and we work. You know, you work with so many different people around the world, and the, the you know, I left South Africa for what was going to be a three year um, experience working in Thailand. It ended up being a decade outside of South Africa, so. Ended up doing a stint in China, a stint in New Zealand, a stint in Australia. And, you know, all the way, it was always a case of we have conversations internally with people in terms of what our career aspirations are, where we would like to go, what we're interested in. And being a South African, there was always the the, the notion or the hankering to come back to South Africa, to to come back and make a difference and, and be a part of something, you know, that would continue to help transform South Africa. Um, and and be a part of that. And the opportunity presented itself, and I came back to in beginning of 2016 to take up the position as marketing sales and service director. And two and a half years later, was offered the opportunity to become managing director for Ford South Africa. So, um, a dream come true, and one that you know, I you know, if you had asked me 31 years ago when I started, would I be in the chair? I probably would have said to you definitely not. I didn't. You know, it was one of those journeys that you didn't quite understand where it was going to take you. But it's been an amazing journey to you know to experience and to do things with no regrets. Be open, you know, open minded about the opportunities. What is the job? Because, I mean, you're a marketer by training and by nature, I think you're a marketer. Um, but the job is so much bigger than that because it's not just about selling cars in the South African and African market. Yes, that is a very important part of the job and ensuring that the dealerships work and the dealerships are supplied. But there's also an enormous manufacturing business. And then there's an awful lot of interaction at very, very high level within government. Um, it's a it's a quite a complex job. Very complex, and and I think that that's what's really interesting is that every single day you're never 100 percent sure which you know what twist or turn is going to be in front of you and what and what discussions you're going to be having. Um, very fortunate to have an amazing crew and a and a partner who um, runs our, our manufacturing facility in the you know, and Orchid Berry is the vice president of of manufacturing operations. So. You know, his team are responsible for the, the very big job of building cars on a daily basis and exporting to over 100 countries, um, which is something that we're incredibly proud of. But the the actual um, the dynamics of what you're talking about are very much um, a day-to-day environment. And, you know, working with government to understand policies, look at um, long-term strategies that are really going to keep South Africa on the forefront and, and help us achieve as a country and as an industry – the automotive um, development plans objectives or APDP2 as we call it in the industry of becoming a producer of 1% of global production is one of the elements of it. Um, Spend a lot of time engaging with our colleagues in the US, which is where our headquarters are in terms of long-term strategies, looking at where the business is going um, in terms of our, the vision and mission that Ford Motor Company have and the purpose for, for existing. And how we, from a, from a South Africa perspective and an African perspective, are looking to to fit into um, that vision and keep and keep moving the company forward. So, what percentage then 
um, of global Fords do you produce in South Africa? So the goal is to get to 1% of global production. What is that level now? Well, Bruce, the 1% is South African, all, all South African automotive production. So let me qualify that and say that that's what the government's um, objective is, is that we, you know, from a South African automotive industry perspective, we want to, the aim is for us to produce 1% of, of global automotive production. So Ford all brands, sorry, sorry, let's just be, sorry, let me yep. just be clear about this. So all brands produce in South Africa, whether it be Mercedes in uh, in Buffalo City, whether it be VW in Utenaig, whether it be yourselves near Pretoria or Nissan, all of the manufacturers to do 1% of global vehicle production out of South Africa. That's government's plan with their various programs that they offer as incentives to you to come and produce here. 100% correct, Bruce. That's, that's the, 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 the ambition. And that will take um, the South African automotive industry to over just over a million vehicles based on you know, global projections by 2026. Um, so that will be a million vehicles plus produced in South Africa um, for, ex, you know, it, you know and in, included that is both domestic and also export production. So one million vehicles target by 2026. Is it a target you believe domestic producers can hit? Is it realistic? I'm, I do believe it's realistic. If I look at our growth plans and, and you know, our proje- uh, production projections over that, ta- over that period of time, uh, we will certainly be a meaningful player in terms of our um, production capacity. Um, our recently announced expansion that we're doing at our Silverton facility will give us the ability to have installed capacity of 200,000 vehicles a year. So, you know, if we're targeting, let's call it one, a million plus vehicles, just over a million vehicles, potentially one out of five of those will be a Ford. I mean, yeah, installed capacity is one thing. Actual production is another. How many vehicles are you producing a year in South Africa at present? Presently, we're producing around 110,000 vehicles. So we, you know, we that, that's what, what our current line rate is um, in terms of, our inst- you know, what we're producing at the moment. Our installed capacity currently is 168,000. So, um, but at the moment, based on global demand and also capacity constraints that we're dealing with, we're producing in the region of about 110,000 vehicles a year. And are those just Ford ranges? I mean, because I know that different different countries do specific models. You're producing in South Africa just Ford ranges for those hundred destinations that you were talking about. So currently, we're producing a combination of Ranger as well as the the Ford Everest. Um, and then as we move forward, we'll be producing just the Ford Ranger, um, and and that will become our single focus um, of that single vehicle platform. That will be. Um, our main focus in South Africa going forward, yes. Uh, okay, so I mean, and but it's not just the vehicles, not just the finished vehicles, because the finished vehicles are made up of components. And uh, how many pieces? How many pieces are there of a Ford range of a uh, uh, of a Ford Ranger? Have you ever sort of taken one apart, like a bit like a a, a box of Lego? Um, whereas the, the 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 Apollo Eleven rocket to the moon, that set comes with one thousand nine hundred and sixty nine pieces to signify nineteen sixty nine, the year that Neil Armstrong walked on the moon with. Uh, with with uh, with with Buzz Aldrin, um, how many pieces make up a Ranger? Because not all of those pieces, of course, are made here. Bruce, approximately a thousand six hundred pieces uh, or parts. So that's not breaking it down to individual nuts and bolts, but about a thousand six hundred uh, components will go into producing a Ford Ranger um, in you know in, in our facilities. Yeah. 
And, and of those, how many can actually be made in South Africa? Because that's part of the plan, isn't it? To get as much localization as possible going into the manufacture of these vehicles. It's fine to import all the bits and pieces, but then supply chains break, and as we've experienced in, in so many different facets, of course. How many of those 1,600 bits and pieces actually are made in South Africa? So, Bruce, we look at that on the basis of um, percentage of local content. So, we're running approximately at 43% local content um, on an average, if you look at our vehicles um, that we're producing in South Africa. So, yeah, 43%, on average, 43% of the vehicle, of the components going into the vehicles, uh, produced in South Africa by South African suppliers um, and shipped to Silverton. So, uh, um, something that we continuously look at and look at ways that we can expand our our local um, you know content that goes into the vehicles part of the automotive development plan that we all um, are signatories to um, sees that increase up up to sixty percent. So you know there's certainly some ambitious targets that we're all um, a part of helping to deliver. And is it the stuff that's sort of easy to make? So the rubber mats that go on the inside and the, the maybe the, the seats are stitched and, uh, and put together in South Africa uh, and maybe the more technologically complex bits and pieces and the microchips um, are, are, are imported from elsewhere? So some, you know, definitely some of the easier bits that we would put in here, but um, we have an engine plant down in Struendale or in Port Elizabeth, I should say, Kulbecha, um, where we produce 285,000 engines and components a year that um, not only go into fully built-up engines that we ship from Port Elizabeth to um, Silverton um, and put into the vehicles, but we also export a, a, a large chunk of engines overseas. Um, and then also component that's, that components that go to various engine plants um, at Ford uh, manufacturing facilities globally that um, end up going into engines around the world. So we have a very large export program in components and engines as well. And that's just to mention one of the things we also heavily involved in catalytic converters. Um, so that certainly um, makes a big difference in terms of the components that we're exporting um, and, and producing in South Africa. You make it sound terribly simple, but I mean, the engines are not cast in South Africa. This is one of this thing. I mean, this <laughs> the complexity of what you guys do blows my mind because the rough engines are cast and I think they arrive with all the extra bits of metal that have to be filed off and maybe sanded off and ground off. They arrive in Kabecha, um, where they then go onto the plant and then they, they put together. The Lego process begins on building those engines, right? So we, we would turn that as our three C's. So crankshafts, cylinder heads um, and uh, camshafts. And what we do is that we, we refine those so they, they are cast overseas. Um, they're brought into Kobecha and then they are refined to very, very tight tolerances um, and end up going into engines that are then fully assembled, um, tested, um, and then shipped to various destinations, um, either in a vehicle um, or as a fully built-up engine. Um, but it's an amazing process to walk through an engine plant and to see the precision um, and how, you know, how, how the team do such a fantastic job at building all of these engines for us. All of the 110,000 engines that go into the Ranger and currently the Everests in Silverton, do they all come from that Kobecha engine plant? 100%. They all come, they, they all are assembled in Kobecha and shipped to, to Port Elizabeth. So you know, we have um, two families of engines and, or four different power engines, as we would call them, that go into the vehicles. Um, but they all come from Kobecha and end up in our Ford Rangers and Ford Everests. Um, so, yeah, all 
supplied from our engine plant in Port Elizabeth. And then the balance of 175,000 are sent out as engines um, to other markets around the world that require engines, other plants like Thailand and other places where Ford vehicles are also made. <coughs> Correct. So Thailand, Turkey, um, a variety of different destinations. We send components to, to China as well. Um, so, so we certainly have um, a very diverse set um, of customer markets that we send to. And I think that this is one of the beauties about the, um, the way that Ford operates and the way that the government uh, incentive schemes allow us to operate is that we can become a high volume manufacturer and fully become fully integrated uh, into the Ford value chain in terms of suppliers that um, make South Africa such an integral part of um, our global operations, which is you know, very, a very proud moment for the whole team um, that worked for Ford South Africa. I was chatting to Stavros Nikolaou earlier this week. He is with Aspen Pharmacare. They were announcing the expansion of their steriles production facility in Kobecha this week as well. Um, and there's a really nice industrial hub building there. But what uh, what uh, Stavros was saying, and he was holding up the automotive supplier parks of an example as to how the drugs industry could work better in the future, where you, you'll have the nuts and bolts maker and the seat maker and the rubber mats maker and everybody kind of in one area um, almost was part of a production process into the plant, which, of course, Henry Ford then perfected um, 100 years ago, I suppose, um, in terms of, of the manufacturing lines. Um, is that the way in which it works with Ford in these sort of um, production facilities, these supplier parks, if you like, to, to improve efficiencies? Very much so. So what we've um, been working very closely with the three tiers or three sectors of government um, over the last two years is to establish the uh, Tswane Special Economic uh, Automotive Zone, um, which is adjacent to the Silverton facility. And the, the, pl- the, the, the park that we're building there is going to house suppliers that will be able to supply not only Ford, but the automotive industry as a whole, but certainly as the uh, anchor manufacturing facility adjacent to the special economic zone Ford Ford suppliers are certainly finding uh, homes there and we are well advanced in phase one of the um, special economic zone um, park that we're building uh, in conjunction or has been built in conjunction with um, the AIDC that's the city of Chwane government as well as Gauteng uh, provincial government and national government and at the end of the day, that will be a 200-hectare supplier park that will be adjacent to Ford Motor Company's facility. Um, and as I said, we're well on well on the way with Phase 1, fully subscribed. We've got um, eight, facility, eight uh, manufacturing plants that our suppliers will be housed in that are currently under construction um, with a deadline of having those completed by April next year to start supplying parts um, to the manufacturing plant. It's a massively exciting and really interesting part of South Africa's uh, trade development. In terms of the incentives, very briefly, if you can, Neil, I mean, many countries no longer have vehicle manufacturing because they no longer want to give away as much as they need to give away to get the manufacturers in. Their economies are more evolved than ours. There's quite a big, I suppose, tax incentive for all of this activity to be happening in South Africa rather than in other parts of the world. Bruce, that's correct. And I think that this is where the public-private partnership between government and you know, businesses like Ford Motor Company and the other manufacturers really um, comes together to, you know, to create a, an industry that becomes a large contributor to the GDP 
Um, and the automotive industry, for example, in South Africa contributes about 7% to the GDP, depending on GDP activity. But it's a very large employer of people as well, generates a huge amount of economic activity in the country. Um, and it's really based on the partnership that exists in terms of us coming in and investing as a, as a company or as an, as an OEM, coming in and investing in South Africa um, to build facilities, to install new equipment, um, keep upgrading, and then also the suppliers that we bring um, as part of that value chain as well, who then, you know, at a, you know, we have what we classify as tier one, tier two, and tier three suppliers. Mm -hmm. So as you get down to tier three suppliers, they're supplying smaller components. But that takes a level of capital investment, which there is a um, incentive scheme that the government does, does contribute or does um, you know, re refund some of that investment, not all of it. Um, and then also there is a production incentive that encourages us to produce vehicles in volume in South Africa with the purposes of being able to export vehicles um, to create that economic activity. And then some of those um, production incentives can actually be used to offset the import duties on other vehicles that we would bring in to ah, satisfy gotcha. customers' requirements. So this way, we're able to specialize in high volume production um, of you know of, of limited volume or, or limited ranges of vehicles, but we can actually get the economies of scale, which is absolutely critical in the automotive industry. We must leave it there. Neil Hill, Managing Director at Ford Motor Company uh, for Africa. Neil Hill this evening on The Money Show.